This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Those are uh, just a few of the pictures of us. Um, the journey here to the new building. And once again, if this is your first Sunday, this is a really cool Sunday uh, to come to our church. Um, you know, we are really thankful for this building and, um, and to be grateful uh, for where you are. It's also good to know where you've come from. Um, you know, everybody in the body of Christ, uh, churches and pastors and leaders with everybody in the body of Christ is obviously standing on the shoulders of, of a group of people that came before them and uh, to be able to celebrate, you know, God's faithfulness. Really, that's what we're doing this morning, just celebrating the faithfulness of God for us to have. Uh, it's amazing to me that we've already been in this building five years, uh, going through the journey that we went through, you know, this, that, that season of life for my wife and I, uh, the renovations. It was a really hard season of life. It was difficult. It was a lot of time involved. We had to learn a bunch of stuff that we didn't know how to do. And, uh, but it's exciting. The, the culmination of what happened and what God has blessed us with is really exciting. This is what we're talking about this morning. And really, as we talk about our um, story as a church family, I want it to be an encouragement to you uh, personally and a, a, you know, for some of the things that your family might be trusting God for and what you, your families might be going through. And really, the, the message of the story that we're telling today is that delay is not denial. And that, you know, sometimes disappointments are very difficult to deal with in the moment. Um, but then when you get through those disappointments and you experience the faithfulness of God um, over a long, um, protracted sometimes period of time, the, the, the victory or the culmination of the dream is very sweet, and it's something to be enjoyed, and it's something to be celebrated. And that's what we're doing uh, this morning here at our church. So, you know, when we think about the scripture, that the scripture that we have is a collection of faith stories. It's a collection of stories about people trusting God, putting their ultimate trust in God for their now and for their future and for their lives. And really, we're just going to share a faith story this morning about what God has provided for us as a church family. Um, so if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm just going to read you a few scriptures to start, and then I'll get into the story. Um, Joshua chapter 4. Now, the context here in Joshua chapter 4 is um, the children of Israel had gone through the Jordan, and Joshua had instructed, you know, 12 leaders from the 12 tribes of Israel to take a rock from the Jordan, and the reason that they were taking a rock was that future generations would be able to look at these rocks and to remember what God had done, what God had accomplished. And so we're going to look at a few rocks this morning. I have a, I have a couple rocks that I'll explain to you about here in a little bit. Um, but God didn't want the children of Israel to forget what God had done, because it's very easy to forget. When time passes, when something special happens, it's very easy to let it go and forget about it. Um, but God doesn't want us to forget those things. Joshua chapter 4, verse 21 says this. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. 
And so part of the reason that we're uh, telling this story today is we're telling this for our children's sake. We have our junior highs in with us this morning. We have our students in with us this morning. We have all of you uh, with us this morning. And if you are ever want to tell your children a really great story, this is a really great story to tell them. And it's really the story of the building that we meet in every week. It's, it's something that God has blessed us. So it's, we don't have uh, 12 stones that we're going to have on the stage this morning, but we have a building that keeps us um, cool in the summer and warm <laughs> in the winter. And then it provides space for us to disciple children and students and to make a space for people to come in and hear the gospel. And just it's just a tremendous blessing that God has given to us. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 says this, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your hearts as long as you shall live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Genesis chapter 12. Let's flip over there. Now, Genesis chapter 12 is the beginning of the story of Abraham. Now, we know Abraham is the, our, the father of our faith. The New Testament refers to Abraham and the story of Abraham is about a guy being called away from his family uh, to be the, uh, the originator of the nation of Israel. Uh, but really the starting point was just to have a child. And so we can start reading the story here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out from your country and your relatives and your father's household to the land I will show you. Then I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will bless, uh, make your name great so that you exemplify divine blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and treat, but the one who treats you lightly I must curse, and all the families of the earth will bless one another by your name. So Abram left just as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now if we go over to Genesis 17, verse 1, it says, when Abram was... 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the sovereign God. Walk before me and be blameless. And then I will confirm my covenant between me and you. And I will give you a multitude of descendants. So here we have 24 years elapsed between these five chapters in the scripture. 24 years where Abraham, Abram had been promised a child that he would be able to start a nation, but here he's started out 75, now he's 99. And God is saying, you know, you're going to have a multitude of descendants. And Abram might be thinking, okay, God, can we just start with one? I'm, that's exciting, a multitude and a big blessing, and that's fantastic. But it's been 24 years, God, since you called us, since you called me away, you know, from my family, from when you called me into this certain place. And, you know, God, if I could just start with one, 24 years is a long time. And how many of you know 24 years is a long time? Can you think of, can you remember how old you were 24 years ago? Can you think about it? Do you remember your body 24 years ago? <laughs> Do you remember where you live? Do you remember all of the circumstances of your life? Think about all of the changes that you've gone through in 24 years. It's a lot of changes, isn't it? It's a lot of things. It's a lot of life to live. It's a lot of, you know, family things to go through. It's a lot of career things to go through. And it's really a long time. It's, it's, it's a long time in the course of the life of human beings, you know, how long we would live here on the earth and 24 years is, is a long time. But over this period of time, we see that 
Abram didn't walk away from God. He didn't stop trusting God. He didn't stop putting his faith in God, even though he had some things happen along the way that really he wouldn't want to, wanted, you know, some side journeys, some corners, some different things going on. About trusting God over a long period of time. And that's really what we're talking about this morning. And I just want to just share a little bit. If you're new here to the City Church, um, we just want to give you a little bit of the history of the church here and some of the things that have gone on so that you can appreciate where we are today because it's exciting, it's fantastic. You know, my, my dad came on as pastor here in May of 1989. And, um, you know, the church had gone through a very difficult time the year before that the, the pastor at the time, before my dad, actually had died in a car accident. That's a terrible situation for any church family to have to go through. And his wife, um, you know, handled the church for about a year, and then my dad was invited on as pastor. So this was May of 1989. And we were meeting in um, Dolphin Public School. Now that's on, we have those banners there in the lobby, which we'd love for you to check out um, as you leave today. We've got some other pictures to show you of our journey here as a church. We were meeting in a public school. Now, I was 19 at the time. I really wasn't that interested in church. I certainly didn't ever think I was going to be a pastor. That's a whole other story. We'll get into that today. Um, and we were, you know, we were at a church in, in Toronto. My dad was the associate pastor there at a church in Toronto. And, you know, it was, for lack of a better word, it was a fairly comfortable life. You didn't actually have, when you're not the lead pastor of a church, you know, there's a lot of work, but you don't have all of the responsibility. And then to go from this really good situation in Toronto and, you know, a church that had a building and a thriving congregation to go to meet in church at a school really wasn't that exciting. And as a 19-year-old, I'm thinking, Dad, isn't this like a demotion? Like, isn't this like backwards? I don't get why we're going from this really great church and we're meeting in a school. There really isn't a lot of people and half of them are kind of weird. You know, I'm just being honest what I thought at those moments. And, you know, we were there, we, we came to the church, and the church had, um, you know, a portion of land in Mississauga that they had, they were, there was a building under construction. And so the church was completing the construction, and as you could see, obviously the pastor passing away would make it very difficult in those moments, you know, to have some leadership to finish the construction project, and, the, you know, the church leadership did the best they could in, in that season. And so my dad came in at that time, so May of 89 and December, January of that year is when uh, we had moved into our building on Credit View Road. Before we came here, we were at 5881 Credit View Road. We had a building there. And um, so we moved into that building. It was basically just a, you know, a brown uh, square building, functional building. And, um, you know, so my, my parents, you know, taking over the responsibility of the church, started to look at uh, the financial situation of the church and there was, um, as they started to dig deeper into the books, um, they found out that there was over 20 different individuals and companies that were owed money from the building of the building, from the construction of the building. How I many you know that's a lot of people? And that's a lot of companies. And, you know, so, you know, my dad, you know, wanted to do uh, even though that he had necessarily created this situ- situation, he didn't, he didn't feel like it was right to walk away because really, ultimately, you could have just declared bankruptcy um, as a church at that moment. What the payments that were owing was impossible for the church to make at that time, so you could have just declared bankruptcy, started a brand new church, you know, at the school, and sort of the debt would have just gone away. 
My dad didn't really think that that would be a good testimony. Um, you know, to here's a church name, you shut it down, and then you start with a new church name kind of would be, you know, cheesy to say the best. Um, and so he had this, this situation that he hadn't created, but he felt like God had called him into this situation. And when God calls you into these situations, the only thing that you can do is to put your trust in God. So we moved into this building, and we were there, and, you know, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of financial pressure for the church, owing all of these people and individuals and, you know, companies money. And, you know, at one point, um, the church had been uh, threatened foreclosure. And one of the stories that I like to tell, um, this kind of, you know, you know my dad is, you know, he was here earlier receiving the offering, and he's, he's sweet now. He's a sweet grandpa. But in his earlier days... <laughs> He was pretty feisty, let's just say it at that. Um, one of the real estate agents uh, that we were dealing with at the time, you know, it was just a really bad situation. One of the real estate agents looked at my dad and said, Reverend, you are never going to keep this building. And so my dad pointed his finger at him and said, and you are never going to get this building either. And so he had all of these situations that he had to deal with, and so... <clears throat> threatening foreclosure, and then he was able to go um, downtown. This is a whole other long story. Uh, he was able to go downtown, and, and he basically asked uh, the people at the head office of the bank, he asked them for mercy. And in that same meeting, he prayed uh, for a guy, and the guy got healed. It was all, there's, a long, there's a lot of stories to tell this morning. And because of this meeting that the, um, the bank actually gave them a single mortgage to be able to pay off all of these people that were owed money, and then we would just have one creditor, one person to pay off on a monthly basis, which was still very difficult to do. Um, the size of the congregation and the debt, that, how much debt was on the property. And so from the early 90s, my dad set out to try to sell the building. Does this kind of make sense? You know, it, it's great that we got this mortgage, but it just didn't really make sense for the size of the congregation that we had and for the, you know, the financial stress on the congregation. The simplest thing to do would be able to, to sell the property, sell the building, get out from under the debt, and then you know, just find somewhere else to meet. But the situation in Mississauga at that time and the situation with the asset that we had is that what was owed on the building and the land was more than what it was worth. So we were kind of upside down on... The finances. And how many know that's not a good feeling? I mean, you could sell the building, but then you still have a bunch of debt, and, and then you actually have nowhere to meet, and you're starting from scratch. And so, but we were still trying to, you know, be hopeful that we would sell the property, sell the building. And at that time in Mississauga, there was so much other land available that really our land wasn't that attractive. It wasn't that big of a deal. You know, people were selling other big parcels of land, and, you know, developments were happening in Mississauga and all these different things. And so we were there, and it was just a very difficult, stressful financial situation. And in this time, in the early 90s, you know, <clears throat> my dad experiencing, um, let me just say one thing, because I know my dad is bothered a little bit at this moment that I'm talking so much about him. This morning, we're giving all the glory to God for what God has blessed us with, but it's okay to honor people um, that had a journey of faith. <laughs> <laughs> You can't spank me anymore. I'm 47. <laughs> and if you do, it won't hurt that much. All right. <laughs> so in this time in the early 90s, you know, my dad, um, 
realizing how difficult it is financially for a church to have such a burden of debt that, you know, the statement came out of him that he was expecting for us to have a new building. And then he came up with this phrase and he said this phrase, and I believe this phrase was God-inspired. He would say to the church, when we get into our new building, when we turn the key, we'll be debt-free. Now, let's just pause and think about this statement for a second. And, and once again, I don't know if you, if you, depending on how long you've been in church, you know that churches, you know, for churches to have a debt-free building, it takes a while to pay off a building. And, and that's just the existing building that you have. And so we owed, once again, we owed more than what it was worth. So it was a big amount of debt. And so not only to pay off the debt of the current land and situation, but then to get into a brand new situation where that building and land would be paid off really is an impossibility. And it, was, it really was an impossibility in that time in the 90s. Like I said, even if we were to sell the building for what it was worth, we wouldn't be able to get into a new building without a protracted capital campaign. And a capital campaign that would take pretty much years and years, five to ten years at least, to be able to um, build up enough resources to buy a building in Mississauga and to have it paid off. It really was kind of if you were to look at it on the outside, it really was just kind of a foolish statement. But it wasn't a statement of foolishness. It was a statement of faith. It was, God, we're going to put our trust in you. This is a really difficult situation. We don't want to have this situation again. We want to get out of debt as a church. And then our new building that we get into, that we can see, that we can dream about, it would be so much easier at that new building to not face the things that we're facing right now, speaking from an early 90s perspective. So from the early to mid 90s, we started looking at places because if you, you know, if you're going to put legs to your faith, if you are um, going to see where you're going, you have to, if you believe that God is going to provide you a new building, you have to start looking. You can't just sit where you are and think, well, God's going to do something. You actually have to have movement. You have to have motion for what you feel like God is putting in your heart. So we started to look at buildings buildings upon buildings upon buildings and i put here in my notes we looked at at least a dozen buildings that's kind of on the conservative side it was probably somewhere in the range of 20 different buildings and we would go look at these buildings and you know there would generally be two problems with them there wasn't enough parking um and then it was just too expensive too big too expensive it really was a mismatch for where we were financially um wasn't going to work you know we looked at one building it was really great and there wasn't enough parking, but our building designer, you know, uh, said, hey, we well, could build a parking complex in the back. It only cost $10,000 a spot. And we're like, that's a crazy idea. Um, you know, uh, so all of these different situations that we looked at, it was really uh, dead end after dead end. A couple of the buildings we got really close to, we had some designs done for the buildings, but it was just, it just wasn't going to work. When we started to look at the numbers at the end, it just wasn't going to make sense for us, uh, you know, financially as a church. And so we looked at all of these buildings, and it was kind of, you know, a disappointing time. It really was. You, you feel like you have this dream. You feel like God has put something in your heart. And so you go by, you know, five years and then 10 years and then 15 years, and you feel like there's this dream on the inside of you, and you can let your dreams fade. It's very easy after the elapse of an amount of time to let your dreams fade. And you kind of think, well, will this thing ever really happen? 
So in the fall of 2008, um, I took over the lead role here at the church um, from my dad. And, um, you know, we continue to have church and we changed church a little bit and, you know, took our church in a little bit a different direction. And, uh, you know, continuing to trust God, you know, for even though it had been at this point, you know, about 20 years later, when you turn the key, you'll be debt free. And we were all excited about it. And, you know, when 20 years passes away, once again, it can just seem like a distant thing. And then we, we you know, we had a couple different opportunities to, we had a lot of people showing up at the end there, uh, wanting to buy our property. It was, it was an attractive property because there, all of the land, all of the rest of the land in Mississauga had sold and it all had been developed. So we had people coming to us. We, had, we actually had one really good offer from uh, the Catholic church that they wanted to build retirement homes on the property and to put a Catholic church. And we're like, fantastic, this is an exciting offer. We just need to find somewhere to go because <laughs> we've been trying for about 20 years and it's really hard in Mississauga. Uh, to find somewhere to go. So we weren't able to accept their offer because we couldn't find somewhere to go. Once again, the numbers didn't match. It didn't make sense. Uh, we couldn't find anything with enough parking. It was a really big issue because all of the buildings like this in Mississauga, the majority of the buildings that have office area at the front and then a warehouse like this was that can be turned into you know worship space, they just don't have enough parking because all they need parking for is the front area where the offices are, which isn't generally a lot of staff. And so for churches to have a worship space in Mississauga, there's a ratio between parking spaces and worship space that we just were never able to meet for 20 years. Everybody say 20 years. How many know 20 years is a long time? And so once again, it, it ends up feeling like it's impossible. It ends up feeling like, well, I know this is a dream and I know this is a really good idea. And we were still, you know, carrying a measure of debt on the old building. And, um, you know, having church, existing as a church family, going on and on. And so in July, in July of 2010, I live in Milton and on the way to our old building, a credit view in Britannia, I got off four and one's block. So I got off at Winston Churchill. It's coming along Argentia to go to our old building. And there was a for sale sign outside of this building. And it had been, I want to say, about two years that we had actually looked at buildings. I saw the sign, you know, and I was like, oh, there's another building for sale. Because I used to scour, you know, listings to try to find listings in Mississauga that would match us. So I drove by the building and I saw the listing. And so I reached out to our real estate agent and I said, hey, could you show us through this building? And so he said, oh, you know, that building just came up for sale and it had just come up for sale that week. And the sign had just gone up on the property. So we uh, went got, got, we're able to come through here. We got, you know, a drawing of the building and we're like, oh, this might work. Um, but what had happened in this building that the owner had in this area had no longer used it as a warehouse space and he had dropped the ceiling in here and was using it at office as office space. And so to use this building as office space, he actually had to add all of the parking over on this side of the building, which once again, for buildings like ours, there isn't a lot of buildings like this in Mississauga that have the amount of parking that we do. So he had added all this parking on the side, which eventually helped us to get into this building. So he had all of this office space, and we walked through, and we're like, wow, this, we really like this building. This is, you know, this is a nice building. I think we can make this work. So we took you know, the plans to the designer, 
And he said, yeah, you know, this, this will work as a church space. And we had some drawings um, done up. And so those are all exciting things. You know, that's exciting when someone says, yeah, and this is really going to work as a church and there's extra parking. But how many know there's the little issue of like the money, right? <laughs> Dreams are one thing. And then the money to actually purchase the building. So um, we just started. We just started, you know, I had a long discussion with my dad and I said, I, I think this building can actually work for us. And I think, you know, the finances uh, might actually work for us. So let's, let's go take a look at it and we'll, we'll put in an offer and we'll have some uh, discussions. So from that point in July 2010, we put in a lot of work. We put in a lot of due diligence. You know, we had to have soil tests and we had to have it was just a lot of work. Let me just uh, put it, encapsulate it in that phrase. Um, and so we put in an offer here at this building. So one of the interesting stories was at that time, so we put in an offer here at the building, and the offer was basically all in our favor. It, it, basically, the, the conditions were we had to have this test and design, blah, 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 and we had to get a parking variance at the city uh, because even though we had... A, excess parking here as a building this side that still wasn't enough parking to satisfy the bylaw so we had to go get a parking variance we had to do all of these things and um, so there was a another developer that got wind that we wanted to buy this building so he put in an offer here at this building that was more than the offer that we had put in he didn't actually want the building he just wanted to force us to sell him our property. This was an exciting time, let me tell you. <laughs> so the owner of this building actually had had some business dealings with this uh, person. And after he had found out who it was, he actually didn't accept their offer because um, he was trying to, for like what his proposal was, I'll buy this building for you and I'll renovate it for you. And then you just give me your property over on Credit View in Britannia. Uh, which we know now would have been a terrible deal for us. But he was trying to force us to do this because he knew we, were, we wanted this building. So the owner had had dealings with this person, um, didn't necessarily like this person, which worked in our favor. You know, we pray for him and stuff like that. But he, the, uh, <laughs> so the owner of this building said that he would deal with us, but he didn't believe that we could buy it. He's like, a church? Why would a church want to buy this building? And can a church actually afford this building? So we went and met with them. And this was a whole, this was, a, this was an interesting experience. We went to his house. My dad went with me. And my dad and him had some common friends. And they were like old buddies after like two minutes into the conversation. So all of that really helped us to have favor with the owner of the building. Because we were really going to tie up the property from October to February. In other words, he wasn't going to take any other offers. And we were going to have to do the work to see if we could sell our property uh, to be able to buy this building um, and then to do all the due diligence, like just a lot of, we had to go to the city to get a parking variance. Um, you know, that was another interesting day in the journey. We, we went to the city and there, there's a specific day, you know, at the city hall, it's like a very big chamber and all of the, the council people are up and they all have desks and, the, you know, they have all the power and stuff in the room. And so we went on parking variance day and we were like fifth on the docket and everybody ahead of us got denied their parking variance. Like four or five people in, and my dad's like, does this affect us? I'm like, Dad, we're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> so, 
what we had done, we actually went to our neighbors here, um, these two buildings beside us, and we said, hey, uh, you know, we're, we would like to, we're, we're attempting to buy this building here on Argentia, but we don't have enough parking. Would you mind if we would use your parking on a Sunday? And they're like, that's fine, no problem. We don't actually function on a Sunday, so feel free. Uh, you can use our parking for free on a Sunday, and we would just agree to, you know, clear the snow off of their lot. So basically, between our lot and their two lot, their two lots, it gives us way more parking than we actually need. Um, so when we went to the city to get the variance, we had letters from our, the two neighbors here that we have now saying that they would let us use their parking. So within five minutes at the city, one of the counselors said, you know, um, I, I think the church has done a great job here uh, talking to their neighbors, because that's actually one of the problems for churches in Mississauga, that they go into neighborhoods and they end up blocking people's businesses and blocking people's houses with all of the extra cars. And so because all of the businesses weren't functioning on a Sunday, it actually all worked to our favor. And so within just five minutes, they put a motion uh, to let us have a parking variance, and it was passed, and it was super exciting. Um, but then there was the small issue of the money. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> so all of these things were good. You know, the, the soil test passed and this test passed and all these different things had passed. And um, so we got to the time when we were going to put the building up for sale. And when, you know, we were, we were trying to have realistic expectations about what we could sell our property for. And as I was, you know, looking at the finances of it, there was really just a couple scenarios that would actually make sense. Um, because some of the scenarios, basically, we, we could buy the building, but then we would have to borrow money to do renovations, and then the borrowing that we would have to do would actually put us in more debt than we were already in debt. So it, that financially didn't make sense, and we weren't going to do that again, even though our, this building was more than twice as big as our old building. So we, we got to the time, and you know, we, we put the building up for sale, and as opposed to the early 90s, where we couldn't sell the building because there was so much other land in the early 90s, at this time, we were kind of the last land available in Mississauga. And how many know that makes a difference on the price? So we, we put the building up for sale again at this time, and we had 16 offers from different developers and, and, and uh, people that wanted to buy our property. And, you know, we basically, once again, there's so many things to tell about the story. I'm, I'm trying to minimize it a little bit. But some of them, like some of the offers were really great, um, but they wanted us to take back a mortgage. They wanted us to do this. They wanted it. And so we did basically did two rounds with all of these companies. And the math that came back on, you know, the first round was promising and it was nice. Um, and then so we... But we said to a few people that had the best offers, okay, make sure this is your best offer. Because it, we wanted to be good stewards of what God had given to us as a church family. And, and I realized in this moment there was a reason I had taken business in university. <laughs> that, you know, God was using whatever acumen I had gained in university uh, before I went to Bible school. And I was like, you know, I, I was saying to the board, you know, we are only going to get to sell this property as a church family one time, and so we want to be able to max, maximize the resource for the church. So we, we were able to, to sell the church, and at that time we had set a record for, I haven't found out recently, but we had set a record for the most money received per acre in Mississauga. 
which when you rewind it 20 years, we couldn't actually sell it for what we owed on it. And when we think about trusting God over the long haul, there's, there's things within the timing of life that a lot of times we don't actually understand. That is very hard for us to see in the middle of the disappointment, in the middle of the mountain of debt, you would just think, God, it would just be really easy today if you would just, if we could just have a buyer for this building, if we could just, you know, we could have a miracle and just to pay off our mortgage and those things in that, in those moments in the early 90s, that's what we could have imagined. We could have never imagined a time in Mississauga in 2010 where our property would be worth, like I said, but it would set a record amount for sale in Mississauga. We can't even imagine those things. So in the middle of that, it just feels like delay. It just feels like a disappointment. But this is where trusting God over one year and two years and five years and 10 years and 20 years actually pays off. That we don't let those delays disappoint us. We don't let those things that we can't see and we can't understand, we don't let those things stop us from putting our trust in God. And as we had in the video here a second ago, in February of 2011, we were able to announce to the church that not only had we paid off the debt that was remaining at our, own bu- at our old building, that we were actually able to buy this building outright. And we were able, and then we found this out later after the renovations, we were able to have enough resources to be able to pay pretty much exactly for the renovations of the building. But in February of 2011, we actually turned the key we got a picture here of our brand new building, and we were debt-free. And we do, we, we give all glory to God. We, we couldn't have designed it. We couldn't have dreamed it up. In the early 90s when my dad started to say that phrase, I don't actually know, you can't actually figure out how to do it. It didn't make sense after years and years of disappointment to be able to find a building that had enough parking that matched the size of our, that met this and met this and met this. And so I have a couple stones to show you from the journey that in that uh, day in February uh, 2011, where we announced to the church that we had bought a new building, the very same day we burned the mortgage at our old building, which is kind of a cool thing to do. You burn the mortgage at one building and then you actually have a whole other building twice as big and it's already paid for. It's kind of a really cool story. And so this is the bucket that we burned the mortgage in. So it's a stone from the Jordan. And we called that day, we called it Big Sunday. And what it says... On this plaque, (laughs) 
What it says on this plaque is it says, A celebration of God's faithfulness and Pastor Coulter's perseverance. The mortgage is paid in full. And then we have a piece of my least favorite part of our old building. <laughs> and for those of you who weren't here at our old building, we had pink carpet on our stage, and it was the bane of my existence. And that's why this is black paint. But it's a stone from the Jordan. It's just a representation of God's faithfulness. And God isn't just interested in churches having buildings, although that is a wonderful blessing. It is a reminder to all of us that God is faithful to individuals, that God is faithful to families, that God is faithful to church families. And you know what? He doesn't actually change. He doesn't change. He is a faithful, faithful God. So we, we, you know, we make this part really short. We did the renovations here. Our staff did an amazing job. We had amazing volunteers over the renovation that you saw um, in that video. And my wife made this place look amazing. And, you know, we get, we get so many people are coming. I just love this church building. I'm like, I know my wife designed all of it, and she did a fantastic job. And so everybody went above and beyond the call of duty um, to be able to have our church home. Just a couple of verses, and then we're actually going to sing a song here at the end. About God's faithfulness. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Psalm 119, verse 90, first part says, Your faithfulness continues through all generations. Galatians 6, verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. It was very easy in the early 90s for my dad just to give up. Just to stop. It's too hard. It's too difficult. The debt is too much. How do we see our way out of this? How could we imagine our way out of this? We couldn't in that moment. You can't see it. Hebrews 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And we'll finish with this here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, and this, once again, this, this story is supposed to encourage all of us. These are faith stories. These are stories of people putting their trust in God and the same God. In the scriptures, it's the same God we serve today. It's not a different God. It's the same God that we can put our trust in. Verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay so that the extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are experiencing trouble on every side. Has anyone ever felt like that? But are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Despair means loss of hope. 
in difficult times and situations and sideways roads and the journey, which is so easy for us to just despair, to lose hope. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. That the same God that provides a church building is the same God that can fix your marriage. It's the same God that can provide resources for your life and for your family. It is the same God that brings our dreams to pass, even though it looks dark and dim and it's a struggle and it seems like it's impossible. He's the same God. He, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's the same that we put our trust in. And the last thing, you know what? This building actually isn't about a building. We're thankful for the building, but it is just steel, drywall, carpet, paint. That the building isn't out the, about the building. That the building is a testimony of God's faithfulness. That the building is actually about people. The building that God has blessed us with is about bringing people to Jesus. And if you have come to this building, you know, and you've got to experience the blessing, that you've got to walk in the promised land with us, you don't have to feel guilty that you weren't here for the fight and for the hard times. God actually gave us this building for you. So that your relationship with God could grow. So that you could hear about Jesus. And you could know that Jesus saves. And that he doesn't change. And he wants to help your life. This building isn't about the building. This building is a place where we can celebrate God's goodness. And then all the good things that God does for us, man, we can just bless our city. And we can bless other people. And so you've come. Maybe you're new to our church family. And so, but that isn't the end of the story either. You know, Ellen talked about being a bringer. That the story is actually that more people are going to come. And the more people need to know about Jesus. And that we as a church family, we can point them to Jesus. We can point them to a faithful God who doesn't change. And we can say, with the stones that we hold and the stones that we meet in, that God is a good God. And the same God that provided the church building that we get to meet in is the same God who wants to help you with the smallest details of your life. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we just so, we're so thankful for your faithfulness today, Lord. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.